He's working on putting this pin back together. He's I tried, all I heard was, what the hell? That's what I thought I heard. He said, Mama, how can we put Mama, this? Mama, how can we? Okay. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, if I have a little friend who wants to say hello to you, how do we do that? Do we? Do I take my headphones off? Well, we can pick them up in the mic. No, I know, but she can't hear you. Ellen, can you hear me, girl? Yeah. She can. So, oh, you're. So, oh, what flavor gum is that? Oh, watermelon. Watermelon smells really it's good. It's like the only one we have right now. Yeah, watermelon gum. It's tasty. Um, so. Who are you? <laughs> it's Ellie. Gee, it's Ellie. Ellie is her little girl name, but when she's her little old soul, she's Ellen. We call her yeah, Ellen. Yeah, when she's when she's being a boss or a book club lady, she's Ellen. She has her own book club. She cleaned the kitchen. Okay, I love you. Thanks for coming in. Bye. Keith says bye. 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 See you in a little bit. Bye. I need to run my schedule. Did he say I have to do something with my schedule? Yes, he did. Oh, my. All right, you ready? Wait, do you see the difference in my face, Laura? I went upstairs while Brittany was editing and I did five minute face. I do. You look glowy. And I put some uh, mascaras on. You look lovely. You look lovely. I love it. And some lips. So lip. What are the boys? Oh my gosh. Lips, lips. Lips, And now, now Jay walks around with like lips on chapstick. A tube of chapstick on his finger. <laughs> How does he do that? He like, so he, well, we were pulling, we were twirling the stuff Enough. all the way down yeah. so that he couldn't get to the And then it. he puts it in the so, hole. And then he scrapes it out. You have created a chapstick addict. Like, literally. Um, My middle one got, went to a birthday party and for favors, they got a little lip balm that like opens up. It looks like a little compact. And so mm-hmm. on both halves, it has some balm. And you know what she did? She thought this is how you put it on. She thought you like stamp your face and <laughs> stamp pad. I was like, you are going to die of the flu. Like, do not, do not. Your fingers are not how? that much better. Why no. are they so kookalooky? Look, look. Let me say. He's very happy with his chapstick. Yeah. <gasps> his finger on it. Oh, yeah. my God. Oh, my God. And he like just walks around. He He does all sorts of. You know how kids can just chit chat with the passy, like hanging off their lip. Yeah. He got does all kinds of activities with that chest. Hey, Ma, his finger. Hey, Ma, let me take care of that. Uh, that little. Like, let me fix you. Well, fix your drywall, and while I get this thing on my finger, you want an egg? I'll scramble it. Yeah, literally. Oh, that's so cute. It's like his it's little comfort so... thing. Yeah, it fits on his yeah. finger like a little. Remember those things where you put your fingers in both ends and then you can't pull and them they out? lock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Well, welcome to Pushing Past Polite, where we talk about what matters and make the world more just. I'm Laura. And I'm Corey. We're so glad you're here. Oh, friend. So I wanted to tell you that, so my husband normally listens to our podcast the morning that they come out. And some mornings I'll hear him like giggling in the bathroom when he's getting ready. It's really cute. Um, And some mornings I have to ask him like, did you listen? Because he haven't said anything yet. But he, after the last one, was teary and... Um, I was not expecting that. He goes, there's something I really took away from the last one that I hadn't really thought of before. And he mentioned it was about, it stemmed from Keith sharing about how friendships change over time. And then Corey, Mm -hmm. you added on and said that some people in our life only know us from a certain period of time and don't grow with us. Mm -hmm. And he, and we all kind of said that we feel to greater or lesser degrees, like that could be the case with some family members where they Mm -hmm. remember us as little kid and not as now. And he got all teary and he goes, I want to carry that with me. I want to make sure that we grow with our kids. Yeah. Um, it was so sweet. And I was like, you're right. You're right. I mean, I, it'd be foolish of me to think it couldn't happen to us. Right. So yeah, being aware right. of that and being mindful of that. So we do grow with them as they get older is something that we're going to try to do. So thank you. Yeah. Because what? It's like you spend 75% of your time with your kids before they turn 17. And then that's it. Yeah. And then that's it. Right. And then it's much more infrequent that the time you have with them yes, or in or in informal so, situations. Right. Versus living situations. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have this intense amount of time for this fixed period of time and then it becomes more sporadic unless you 
it, it just it always it is going to be less yep. because they're just yeah unless they're living with you mm-hmm. um and so you you get stunted you have you have the potential to get stunted you know and i hadn't thought about that as the reason why you're so stuck in that frame it's not just nostalgia mm-hmm. right that's the right that is the time you've invested that's who you know and yeah. how right huh. people go off to college and go to get jobs and go to the military and you know, they do all these things. And mom and dad are not a part of that in the same way. Right. In the same way. And then they find their own people and start creating their own families. And, you know, someone else picks up that role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. we're going to grow with our kiddos. It's our hope. If yeah, they'll let us. It, well, when, like when Daniel and I chose each other, you know, like decided, one of the things that I told him and we talked about is like, I want the person that I'm with to be like, that's my main witness, right? Mm. To my life, to my adult life. There's like always somebody who you're the person mm. who is my my primary witness. Yeah. And as parents, we are the primary witness to our kids' lives for that period. And how do you continue to be a witness mm. of their accomplishments, their hardships, all of their growth, their changes? Right. Because a lot of people stop being that witness mm-hmm. to their kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, and you, and then he becomes when you choose a partner that that's that's your person. That's the one. Yeah, who's that's your person. Carrying the history yeah. from your adulthood on. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. that's one of the things I actually like the most about being married is not having to give a lot of context and backstory. I can just give an update on something that happened. And they know the whole history of why that really yeah. made me feel a certain kind of way. You know, it is kind of wonderful. Mm-hmm. And having close friends and networks over like extended periods of time. Yep. You know, like I feel that with my bestie Stan, who I've known since college. Mm-hmm. And so we have like 20 years of history and context. And another one of my couple of my friends who I've known since I was a child. And we have like all of this historical relationship that has grown together. And so I feel so fortunate to be able to have all of these witnesses Mm -hmm. who can tell stories about who I am and who I was and how I've changed. Mm -hmm. And, and I can do that for them too. Yes. You know, that's so, that's just such a gift. Mm, Agreed. Agreed. Mm-hmm. And now I get to be that with you, too. Yes, yes, that's right. Your history starts somewhere, right? Yeah, and You know, exactly. even from these, gosh, but these last few years have been so full of so much. So full of so much that it feels like yeah. when I remember on the calendar that we've, we're approaching, what, maybe four years of friendship, it feels like a lot more than that. It feels like a lot more than that. Yep. You, yeah. you done wore me out. <laughs> <laughs> like, Lord. <laughs> With a T, yeah. Lord with, with a T. Yes. <laughs> I love it. That's so funny. Oh, um, oh, and we have to celebrate a fun victory in personal lives. Keith, can you tell everybody about the Buddy Hollies, your trivia team? What? We're, well, we win a lot. There. A lot. <laughs> we're winners. What just, do we want me to tell? He tagged me a... in a post where they won and had some kind of trophy. And I thought this was some like cumulative, summative, end of season, big moment. No, this is just oh, another no. Tuesday. Mm-hmm. You... Uh, it was Thursday. We do Monday and Thursday. Oh, what are man. the entry oh. fees? What are the entry fees for I these I was literally trophies? about to see Manic Monday. Yeah. No, it's free. You just buy drinks when you're there. Um, it's sort of like a, a bar game, but uh, it gets pretty serious. There's a lot of established long-term teams. I, ju- I sent you the picture last night because I brought my dog. I don't usually bring my dog because he a, hates bar. crowded areas like that. But he actually had a good time. There were a couple other dogs on our team. So, yeah, the photo is just a bunch of us posing, holding up. Aww, like a big babies. dog, a medium-sized dog, and then my little dog. I I was it. Cute. So there has to be some outside component, right? They're not just letting you bring the dogs inside. Or are they? St. Pete is one of the most dog-friendly cities I've ever experienced in my life. Um, a lot of restaurants down here have dog menus. So you can order for you. And then they have a little menu where you can get like scrambled eggs or like a tiny little burger or a something. Little pop like, actually order for your dog. Um, yeah, it's cool. That's really cute. Wow. A lot of the bars down here, if they don't serve food, you can bring your dog in. So fun. Okay, well, no wonder Woodstock is happy I, down thank there. Thank you for saying that part out loud, Keith. 
if they don't serve food. I was like, ooh, I don't know if I'm ever eating at St. Pete. <laughs> well, so I'm, please tell me it's a patio. Please tell me it's a patio. But then exactly, I say, how would the exactly. trivia be connected? You need the monitors right, and yeah. the screens. But if they don't serve food, if they're just serving alcohol, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. The places that have food, you can have your dog usually outside. like normal. Outside, yeah. But a lot okay. of the bars down here... Down here, like inside is kind of quasi outside. A lot of places don't have like doors or because the weather is so great. Yeah, it's sort of, it like, in. you have a roof over your head, but it's not really indoors. indoors. Right, right, right. The place that we went to last night is called. Um, I don't want to say the name, but they have a like a mini golf course outside, and <laughs> it's really what? cool. So if you go there on a normal night, you can like drink and play mini golf. Well, maybe you need to host next time. <laughs> talking about our next retreat we've we've been together all in the same place once for about three hours maybe three hours so we said where's the next retreat but apparently it's st pete with a dog and a pup cup on a golf course Mm -hmm. you guys are welcome to come snowbird it anytime you want thank you thank you thank you Awesome, awesome. well congratulations to the buddy hollies even if this was not a cumulative major steady winners you are just winners you're winners you can still be congratulated Mm -hmm. Yep, small even if you're even if you're a consistent winner. That's right. Mm, I appreciate it. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, so something we wanted to talk about that we have not discussed together, I don't think ever, maybe informally little pieces of this, but about And we do it together, even though we don't, you know, always think about it in this way. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now people are like, what are they doing that we don't hey, think about? What are y'all talking what topic? about? Um, we've been thinking about <laughs> snorkeling. It's snorkeling. Yeah, it's definitely snorkeling. Definitely. Um, people who are influential in our path and who are in either formal or informal mentorship roles, people who act as sponsors or speak up for us or give us some great life lessons that we in turn try to emulate. So Wanted to ask who have your mentors been across your lifespan and what kind of gifts like have they given so to you? Many. I know. I jotted down and then had to trim. And even then I, I have a list, but tell me. So tell me like earliest mentor that you are cognizant of, maybe other than your parents, unless you really want to talk about your mom and dad. They're great too, but Yeah, they are great. Um my grandmother for sure. Mm-hmm. My mom's mom. There are a couple of teachers that like stand out for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marjorie Fisher was my fifth grade teacher. Miss Milleris was my first grade teacher. Milleris, M-I-L-L-E-R-I-S. You know, I don't know. <laughs> great question. She was a great spelling teacher. Yeah. The best. Um, But she like, I went to this like French immersion school at one point and um, parlez-vous français? Oui, oui. Oui, oui. No, no. Um, <laughs> um, and so like there's some teachers um, there were some teachers high, I had a couple in high school stand out too so I would say and they're all women mm-hmm. for jerseys there was a there were a couple of men like I missed out on Mr. Williams being my fourth grade teacher because we moved and I was like heartbroken devastated. and devastated oh my god mm-hmm. I was devastated but then in terms of like professional spaces it's one of those things I feel like oftentimes my mentors are people that we end up adopting each other. Mm-hmm. As opposed to being assigned to each other, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And then they end up kind of sticking around. So Elaine Mulligan is a really great example. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I met her during my doctoral studies in Arizona. And uh, like we, we shared a cubicle mm. at one point. And we almost shared a brain. Like, <laughs> we've talked about this. Seriously, we used to say that all the time, that we shared a brain. And you and I have talked about this before, that scene from Modern Family with Cam and... Um, Gloria in the and kitchen. Gloria. And that's what Elaine and I were like. It was just like, we shared this cubicle and we would be moving in the cubicle, like in... In concert with each other. Yeah. Like, and we. She's grabbing papers. You're passing the stapler. Open a new drawer. Close the drawer. It was. It wasn't quite as dramatic as that. But yes, it was like that. And we talked about how we shared a brain. And so. That's really cute. She, I worked with her in three different roles. And organizations. So I worked with her in organizations. Yeah. So I worked with her in Arizona at the Equity Alliance at ASU. And then she wrote a job for me at FHI to come to DC. 
then she invited me and, and connected me with, she basically brought me to the three of the last four jobs that I've had. And your geography and so the, changed significantly too over that time. And my geography changed. So I was in Arizona and then I was in DC. She brought me out to DC and she, she had come out for a project director role and she was like, I need your help. Would you mind moving to D.C.? I need the other half of and my brain. Yeah. And I was like, sure. I love D.C. You know, I went to college here. I love that city. And so, um, yeah. And so then she left that role and went to, to another organization. And I went to a different organization. And then she was like, hey, how you doing? Uh, I could use your help again. And so I came over with her to the last place where I met so, you. So I have a lot to thank Elaine for where, where I met you. Well, yeah, that you wouldn't. I mean, maybe you would have, but the likely you met Daniel on the East Coast. You met. Yeah, your husband, yeah, yeah. So. I, I met him. I moved here like the end of January 2012 and I met him in June of 2012. And the interesting thing is like he had moved here of June of 2011. Mm-hmm. So it's like he had just, he was kind of new to the area too um, when we met. Mm-hmm. Let's be new but together. Day drinking at the waterfront. <laughs> Life is good. Life, is, Life good. is good. But Elaine has a big part to do then in your personal a life huge. too. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. That's very cool. Yeah. And she know clearly she knows what a what a big role she's played. Influence you guys are still in touch. role she's played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, she was one of the first people or one of the people that, like, I allowed to meet my new baby during the pandemic. That's a badge of honor for sure. I trust you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I was also there when she met her husband and was at her wedding and she was at mine, you know, just so she's been super, super influential Mm -hmm. in mentoring and, you know, just like pulling me along. I was watching an interview recently. It's an older interview that Tina Knowles did with Zendaya, the actress. You know, Tina Knowles is Beyonce's mom. And she interviewed Zendaya and her mom. Okay. And Zendaya's mom was telling the story about her. It's just talking about how, you know, she really pushes the envelope in the industry, right? And she has clout and credibility and she leverages that for people of color. Mm-hmm. And so... Her motto or her mindset is like, I don't just want to like go and open the door for others. She's like, I want to go and open the door and hold the door and help them get through it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how Elaine has been, right? It's like as she moved up and around, she was always inviting me to join her. Mm-hmm. I've I've heard the phrase and I've even used the phrase and I don't know which of my mentors it came from now, but it's the idea of I want to be an opener of doors for the women that follow me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's that same idea. It's not just for yeah. yourself and, you know, on the backs of someone else. It's a, my people with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Make it easier mm-hmm. for the next person as opposed to, well, I did it and you have to as well. Yeah. It's like, I did it. So you can. See, I did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's not helpful. <laughs> right. You want mm-hmm. you want more than a roadmap. You want someone to show you the, to really guide you on the way. That's fantastic. Yeah. 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 Love it. What about you? Um, when I thought about this question, I was thinking about different phases of my life. Uh, definitely high school, not so much. And please, high school teachers, don't be sad. There are many of you I'm still in touch with and really care about. But I feel like I was one of those kids who was in the middle of the smart kids, not where I didn't really need much support. And so I didn't really get much support. I've kind of coasted through. Mm-hmm. Guidance counselor was not particularly helpful. College Same. was a hot mess. That choice. My first like mentor of my own that was outside of you know, I guess after being 18 was probably Dr. Schlieff um, from Mary Washington, who was one of my sociology professors. We are still in touch. Um, loved mm-hmm. her classes. Loved, loved, loved. First time I ever really worked with data, um, mm-hmm. even as an undergrad. It was this chance to, you know, make phone calls and record on, on a protocol and clean the data and manipulate the data and code. And it was so cool. And she also let me babysit her kids. So I was in her home oh. and... You know, it was really special. Um, yeah. And I've seen her walk through some some harder challenges in life. And she's been there for me. She's come visit visited me and my babies, which has Aww, been really special. Yeah. She's the first one for sure. 
Um, in my professional role, like my first real big girl job, for sure. Um, my Linda, Dr. Underwood. Yeah, like we call obviously. Her. Nana to, to the kiddos. Nana. Oh, my God. We and and we met in this. I was first year teacher, had been hired in the school district. I came in to get fingerprinted, which is just part of the protocol, you know, for your background check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. this woman meets me in the hallway. Uh, you know, she's in the same hallway I'm in and she's heading down to the HR office, too. We start talking, have this great conversation. She drops me off. I never think I'm going to see her again. First day of work, new teacher training. She's running the training. And I'm like, oh, my God, what did I say? Did I say anything dumb? You know, um, who is this person? I how, how did I not know? She was the assistant superintendent. I had no idea. Um, and she was brand new to the area. She didn't know anyone. And so she would come check on me. That was her way of like Aww. pulse checking how things were going in the district was like, oh, how's this new teacher doing? I know her. I have a personal connection now. Right. And same thing. She uh, not only checked on me, but again, gave me opportunities to stretch talents that I didn't even think I had. Mm. And um, was a great champion for me in, in lots of different spaces, encouraging me to go to grad school and finding ways for me to stay on part time and still contribute to the district, but pursue, you know, my family and time with Bernie and all that. So that's super special. Um, and she's part of our family now, which is wonderful. Yeah. I was going to say, like, in college, college, it was like all men. Mm. Interestingly, right? Like, uh, Professor Hirsch was one of my favorites. He is like one of the reasons I entered into the education field. And between him and my grandmother, who was like a teacher, administrator, all that stuff, running programs in, in school districts, but he was running a um, tutoring program for kids in D.C. And so he was one of the people who uh, encouraged that part of like connecting with people and watching people grow and giving back. And and there were a couple of other Father Kemp. He really started introducing me to that like critical thinking of like he had these two classes called one was Church in the Poor. He was a father camp priest I assume he was okay. honest af you know he it wasn't like this weird or it was a jesuit university and so the the priests were just real about how stuff was and really had a strong connection to serving people mm, the jesuits tend to that's it's a group that's known for that yes and so he was just like he was so authentic and real. He was the person who actually encouraged me to go pursue my doctorate. Mm. And that's like when I started applying for graduate school and all that kind of stuff. So in undergrad, it was much more like male mentors who were seeing something in me and encouraging me to pursue some of that. And they both had me like come back and guest lecture in their classes when I moved back, you know, like that sort of thing. That's awesome. Are you still in touch with either of them? Over like LinkedIn, we don't, I don't see them very much, mm -hmm. but yeah, occasionally I will run into Father Kemp. He lived, when I lived in the other, in DC on the other side of town, he was my neighbor. Oh, I love so it. I saw him, I saw him often uh, at the grocery store, at the local restaurants. You know, I, I saw him very often. Um, and Professor Hirsch actually didn't live very far either. And so I would sometimes run into him at the ice cream shop or um, somewhere. So but I, now that I live in suburban land. Welcome to the suburbs. <laughs> Welcome to the suburbs. I'm not in the city as much. So I just kind of like I have not been as engaged in the university yeah. as I would like to be. And that's one of the and I have the littles. Um, but one of the things I'm intending on doing is just reengaging, reconnecting. It's our 20 year this year. And so that start blows my mind. Coming back. back that I know. We were this far out of high school. OK, I believe that. But when I heard that number for college. I know. What? what? Mm -mm. Mine was technically mm -hmm. last year. Mine was 2003 was when I graduated. So 23. Mm -hmm. And I missed it. Mm -hmm. I should have gone. I should have gone. Mm -hmm. Now you're, I'm glad you're saying that because I'm like, mm. one of my one of my friends texted and was like, are you going to go? I was like, it's 20 years already. <laughs> it blew my mind. It was a blink. I was like, are you going to go? Clearly, I haven't thought about this. Yeah. And I didn't have a really large, like, same group of friends in college. I had friends from different parts of my college life. Mm -hmm. And so for me to, like, go, the gang's getting back together, it didn't have that feel for me. I'd have to really me know either. that I was going with one or two people that I knew well. Yes, yeah, same. And that just didn't coalesce. Uh, so 
I missed it. I guess I can go to homecoming any old year and just, you know, pretend I'm in that tent for the homecoming year or the, the reunion folks. But yeah, okay. I also have been thinking about more recently in professional line of things, Deborah, who was both yes. a mentor. I, well, pro- I would probably mentor, right? Mentor and supervisor for yeah, you. Yeah, for sure. Um, She, again, we met because I was at a Panera at the right time. <laughs> Struck up conversation like I do because I can't help myself. And she was an incredible champion for me. The biggest thing of my takeaway of my friendship and relationship with her, which is still ongoing. She came for lunch today and I served her random things from my fridge. Sorry, Deborah. <laughs> um, is she gave me language to describe my talents in, mm-hmm. in terms that I never thought about. Yeah. Like I'm a people person. And she's like, no, you, you build community. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I do. Or you're, you know, I, yeah, I support teachers. And she's like, you're, you provide technical assistance. I'm mm-hmm. like, what? What does that mean? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. That's one of her superpowers. Mm. Helping people to be able to better articulate what their own strengths are mm. in ways that are also monetize, monetizable, right? So we can put this language into a proposal. We can put it on your CV. It means something in the industry. It has, you know, it has value in this community that you're working in. Or even potential to transfer between between mm-hmm. fields because this skill applies here and here and here. And I yeah. never saw that before. I thought when you get yeah. an education degree, you teach and then you go back to school and you become a principal if you want to, and then you retire. There was no vertical. Right. There was definitely no horizontal thinking for right. me of the different things I could try with this skill set. That is an enduring gift she has given me for sure mm-hmm. for sure yeah definitely um and then i feel like i've also had mommy mentors like people who are just a few years beyond where my kids are and i could see mm-hmm. first of all hope of you know light at the end of the tunnel but also too, like getting strategies and ideas on what to try when i didn't know and that was that's been incredibly helpful yeah yeah one of my other really important mentors i would say is my i call her my auntie sister cousin again we (laughs) can you please draw the family tree and the branch for that yeah right auntie sister cousin i love it auntie sister cousin and she her name's pam and now we live around the corner from each other which is kind of hilarious but you traded in father kemp for pam that's all right you got your mentor neighborhood mentor when i left the job elaine brought me out to dc for i went and worked with pam at this other organization and she interviewed me and she was like, we were doing a phone interview and we talked for like two hours. Dang. That's a, that's a connection. This is yeah. before you knew her. This was your first meeting was a yeah. phone conversation. This was for like, two hours? what's our phone conference? This was my inter- an interview conversation. Wow. And it turned into a two hour long conversation. You're sharing everything. And then we, yeah, yeah. This kid and in so seventh I, grade was really neat. <laughs> exactly. And so when I got hired, the and I walked into the office on the first day she came grabbed my hand and gave me a hug and said in my ear we did it huh how did you how did you interpret that what did you think she meant like just the idea of you know the the interview process was kind of arduous mm-hmm. they ended up hiring two people we started on the same day and so I interpreted it as like, we navigated you know, the gauntlet and got you here mm-hmm, and got here. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so um, I am not in touch with a, a lot of people from that organization anymore, but I am in touch with her. Pam's your girl. You know, like, mm-hmm, 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 auntie, sister, cousin. Yep. May I ask a question to clarify? Is, yes. is Pam a woman of color? Yes. Okay. She's a black, she's a black woman. And maybe it was the auntie, sister, cousin that did it for me that gave me a little clue. <gasps> but I was curious about... Given the, uh, not that you didn't deserve to be in any room you were in anyway, but I wondered if the, we did it had some of this, like, we navigated this, we kind of won, even though these, the, maybe this interview process was not necessarily designed to be the easiest or the friendliest. The easiest. But. Yeah. And, and I hadn't been in that space in a while. You know, I had kind of ebbed into a different area of expertise in education and so I was trying to come back. I, ha- I had had this, when I was working at the organization that Elaine brought me to in DC, I was part of this rising stars thing that they were doing internally. And I remember be- it, like, it was like a project management type of class that they were trying to prepare people to be project directors and project leaders and whatever, right? 
And so I remember being in this class and someone saying, like, you're known for what you're known for. And I was like, ooh, that's true. It's like once you have a reputation at a certain point in your career, you're known for what you're known for. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to break out of that thing that you're known for, those things Mm -hmm. that you are known for. And I was getting really deep into disability space. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to be known for that. You didn't want to be pigeonholed and have your career only defined that way. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that's what led me to shift to a different organization that had more of an equity focus. Mm. But I hadn't been there. I had come from one, but I had had this, you know, three or four years. Interim experience, yeah. Interim experience. And so I think that was also part of the we did it because there was some justification required for why I might be a good fit for that role. Because you look like what you're known for. You're showing up as this disability expert as opposed to equity expert. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Thanks, Pam. Yeah. Way to go. Yeah. Th- exactly. Yeah. And then even out of that, um, in that role, I met Vanessa. And so she has been so the, there has been an interesting shift in my relationships and mentor relationships, peer mentors and um, people who are older, much more gravitating towards other black women. women. Yeah. Black women. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. There that if within the last decade, I would say I have substantively increased the number of black women who I would call mentors, both who are older than me and have been in have more experience because they've been doing this work a lot longer, but also my peer mentors mm-hmm. who are my friends and mentors, you know. And we collaborate and we work together, you know, starting businesses and someone's taking this class and someone's doing this course and encouraging you to do this. I did this thing. You should try it so that you can, you know, that kind of community building and partnership Mm -hmm. and support. And then, like you said, the mamas. Yeah, the mamas are everything. The mamas. You're one of those Mm -hmm. for sure. You, Janelle, my sister, my cousin Linnea. I don't know how I would have made it through some of the things without you all because, you know, between just like being in the house all the time with a pandemic baby. (laughs) Yeah. I just didn't even know where to get it. It felt like you're just it feels like when you have a baby, you're just supposed to know so many things. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, you get the download at the hospital. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. But there is any. Yeah. But you don't even get a download. You, You think you're going to. Right. They're like, no. Bye. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) The buckle is firm on the child. You're okay. The car seat passed the test. See ya. Yeah. Yeah. Like I remember being on the phone with my sister and I had gotten out of the house and I was just like so stressed because, gee, I feel like wouldn't, what is gripe water for? Oh, that's for upset tummy. Like colicky kind of stuff. Yes. It was Crying and not knowing why. Yes. Yes, oh. gassy, crying. I had tried all the hold positions and the massages the and all these. And the, yeah. Yeah. And the, the bouncer and the chair. I have like video of me like this. <laughs> <laughs> I and, remember that feeling of, oh shit, what now? Yeah. And I called my sister like almost in tears and she was like, you need to go get this. I'm like, how am I? How? Why don't? How? How was I supposed to how know? How do you this? know that? How'd you even figure yeah, that out? Yeah. First of all, second of right. all, who is marketing gripe water? Because what the heck is gripe water? What? Gripe is right. like complaining. Complaining water. Right. Well, the baby sounds like they're complaining, sure right? Are. So that maybe. So a negative and a negative makes a positive, and then if you put makes it in a there, positive, fixed. And then you put me on to the saline for the nosies, for the, for the nosies and all that congestion, because I was in there like rubbing and and humidifying and but they were too little to blow and they didn't like the suction and it wasn't always wet enough for it to suction out anyway and flapping in there it's not yeah it's not good so you totally saved my life with the saline situation i'm I'm glad i could help that we still use to this day i mean they're just i i could keep recounting johnnell like even right now, in my house right now, she's still putting me on 
with I have these lifts for my the chairs. breakfast room chairs. Genius. Come on Can you describe now? that? Genius. When I came over, I'm like, what is that? Why didn't we have yeah, that? Yeah, right. So instead of a high chair. Instead of a high chair, they are these lifts that you can put underneath a breakfast chair. They're like tension, four tension things. You can put them underneath your chair and there's two depths so that it brings the chair closer to the table. It's wonderful. Although when we said lifts, I was thinking Ron DeSantis' shoes. That's all I could think of. Well, that's basically what they are. Basically, exactly. for your they chair. They make the chair taller, like, yeah, for your chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the record, not mm-hmm. a fan of Ron DeSantis. Thus making fun of his lifts. No. At all. But his lifts. His lifts, yeah. Yeah, listen, mm-hmm. short man syndrome. You got to do what you got to do. Exactly. You got to do what you got to do. Our, my, my toddlers have short man syndrome, too. <laughs> Get them higher, would you please? Get them higher. Uh, no, having people who have paved the way, who I can, and and yes, for the gadgets, for sure, but also too, in the way you talk to your children, the way your children uh, respond to you. You know, mm-hmm. the Nordine family that I nannied for, my God, that mom was, is, she still is incredible. Um, the way that, the, the kind of feeling that she, an atmosphere she created in her home. It's like, that's what I want. I didn't grow up with that. Yeah. I want that. I want to recreate yeah. that. Um, so mm-hmm. having those having those models is so powerful. Yeah. And also knowing you're not alone. Yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah, this is not new. There's nothing new under the sun. Someone else has dealt with this or is dealing with this and can help me figure it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, t- as I look back to, I'm trying to think, there's, I've had a um, one male mentor, Mark, Mark Allen, if you're listening. He was wonderful in a workplace and really helped support me and still does, but is a great friend as well. But for the most part, for me, it's always been women. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's interesting, too, you shifting from men in college to black women. Is that an intentional move on your part? Uh, no. I was curious. I wasn't sure if it was like a psychological safety and people who like on a different level can understand and relate. It it maybe have something to do with that. But it's also just the spaces that I'm in. Mm-hmm. You know, like I met my friend Tyranny, who I consider a peer mentor five months pregnant randomly we were facilitating training again elaine elaine was helping God this bless you <laughs> literally elaine was helping this uh woman deshauna put together this workshop series and deshauna knew tyranny and i knew elaine elaine was helping deshauna with the marketing and so she was like oh you should talk to Corey." and she did and so me and tyranny co-facilitated never met co-facilitated uh, training on culturally responsive practice together in person here in Maryland. We've never let each other go. I love that. And was mm-hmm. she one of your people that came on your 40th birthday weekend? Mm-hmm. See? Your people. The mm-hmm. spaces you're in my and who same, you keep close. Yeah. Camila, same, who was on my 40th birthday. She was in one of my workshops that I did in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania at some point. And she was like, oh, I like this. Sis. She's great. She's good. And... Oh, Randy Ross. She's definitely one of my mentors, too. This is Randy like our our, um, our Grammy speech. I just want yeah. to thank the Academy and Randy Ross and Tyranny and, and Elaine and, and Tyranny and Pam and Elaine <laughs> and Linda. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So cute. Yeah. And Deborah. <laughs> and Deborah. <laughs> Vanessa, we love you. Yes. Yes. No, but yeah. that brings up a good point. It's like, do these people know? Do they all know that they've been so pivotal in your life? I think as I think back to that list. I like to think most of them do know, but I may need to be a bit more intentional. I would like to think most of them do know. Mm-hmm. I think most of them do know. And I think they know by how I we I continue to show up for them. Like we continue to show up for each, each other. other. Yeah. But I also like to do this for other people, right? Yes. Like when, before I, when I was working at large organizations, even I remember Beverly Brooks, another great example, Beverly. Beverly. She, Beverly. <laughs> Love Beverly too. Yes, she was, you know, at the place where that Elaine brought me to. She was one of the few Black women in that area. And she's like the same age as my sister. And we just hit it off and totally connected. And she was also going through her parenting journey in the same lock and step as my sister. So Mm -hmm. her kids and my sister's kids are on the same age. So we were having all these conversations about her kids and the the nieces and the nephews. Mm. And again, another person that I never let go of. But having those experiences with people like Elaine and Beverly and Deborah and Pam 
who are shepherding and giving you context and support and checking in on you and your personhood is something that I wanted to pay forward Mm -hmm. to people that I was working with when I was in more senior positions. And not only to people who were less senior than me, but people who were also senior to me, right? Like all of those people are people. I was just going to say they're all still people. Yes. They're all still people. And so. Well, and you've fulfilled that charge for sure. Not that you're done. Not that you're done being a person showing up for other people. But um, not long ago, we had an occasion to pause and celebrate you. Right. With a room Mm -hmm. full of colleagues and over and over and over again, people talked about she checked in on me. She checked in on me. She checked in on me. And I think we all corporately had this realization, not corporate as in like corporate America, but like as a group that, you know, we thought Corey was just our friend. I thought you just did that for me. (laughs) You did that for her. You did that for her too. This even her, you know, not that there's anything wrong with the third her, but like it is. It's who you are. That's a part of who you are. But part of the reason that's who I am is because I had that. Mm -hmm. Right. And I could recognize the importance and the value in that and how it's made a difference in my own life. And so why not create that for somebody else too? Yes. In 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 the ways that I am able to. Yeah. No, you are very generous with your time, with your talents, with your connections. Um you you give with an open hand. Right? You're not yeah. a closed fist person about this is mine and my space. It's a it's very you're very, very generous. Mm-hmm. For sure. I that I, I feel like I cultivate that in my teacher days, mm-hmm. right? It's like you beg, borrow, and steal anything you can get to do something special for your children, mm-hmm. for your students, right? And so why make other people do that? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If you have it, give it to them. Yes. Yep. Absolutely right. That's that's how yeah. uh, that's how schools run in, mm-hmm. in, in the best in, in healthy situations for sure, right? Mm-hmm. That it's a hard mm-hmm. enough job. We don't need to all struggle. Exactly. Exactly. I've already I've I've solved this thing. Yeah, exactly. I've cracked it. Yes, I've cracked it. Here it is. Oh, absolutely. Adjust it how you need it to be. Absolutely. So, Keith, how about you? Can you tell me about people in your life who've been instrumental at different seasons? Yeah, I don't have like mentors in the traditional sense, but my life has kind of been defined by individuals who I've met at very important times in my life. So they may not have stuck around or guided me for a long time, but they they changed the course of my life just by being good people or direct people or just the right people at the right time. So like you you guys both know that I was not born into sort of like an educated, wealthy family. You know, my my dad did construction. Neither of my parents graduated from college, that kind of thing. I wanted to be in a band when I was in high school. I thought I was gonna be a rock star. So I I barely graduated high school. I didn't put any effort in. America, <laughs> fuck yeah. 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 <laughs> so we got like a Winnebago and tried going on tour. And then within like a few months, the the Winnebago fell apart. We lost our savings. And we were all like working at a convenience store. And then the band broke up. And then you wrote so, Fast like, Car? Working at that convenience yeah. store. Da, 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 just a little bit of money. I w- it was less than a year out of high school. Everybody all- was off at college and here I am, you know, still at home with nothing. So I ended up working at a liquor factory in New Jersey. That was my job. I worked on a production line. And after eight or nine months there, they put me on the palletizer. The palletizer is like this big machine that takes cases of liquor and stacks them into pallets and then pushes them out. The palletizer is like a big deal. You got to be good to get onto the palletizer. <laughs> Um, Look so at it you. was like a, it was like a two person job. I was being trained on it by a guy named Jimmy Rose, who was older. Um, he was probably like in his late forties, but he, he moved around like he was in his seventies. He had, you know, his oh. knees, his body, he was just shot. And so we had a lot of time out there and he was talking to me about what, what the fuck I was doing at this liquor factory. I think I was 19 at the time. And he's like, what do you what, go get an education? And I was like, man, fuck school. I hate school. I'm going to find my own way. And he's like, man, you see me. I can barely get down from the palletizer every day on my mm. body shot. If you have a chance and you do have a chance, go do something about it. Don't look at this as as your path an isn't set. Yeah, this is not an option for you. Mm. And that got me thinking and then talking to people. And that was sort of the catalyst. I was like, OK, 
I'll try going back. That's a beautiful story. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jimmy, Jimmy Rose. Rose man. Shout out Jimmy, Jimmy Rose. Rose man. Shout out to Jimmy Rose. Jay Money. Yeah. Oh my gosh, was he the other half of your palletizer team? Was it the two of you? Yeah, it was me. Okay. He was mentoring me up there, and he gave me a talking to. So um, I quit. I got a job at a convenience store and went to community college. But again, you got to remember that I um, hated education. I was not a fan. I thought I'm just going to suffer through it, get a degree, and move on. And then in my first semester there, I had a professor, shout out Tim Burke, Brookdale Community College. Um, he, I, it was one of the writing 121 courses. Mm -hmm. After we submitted our first paper, he pulled me out into the hallway and said, you need to pursue writing. You are an incredible oh writer. I had, I, at this point, I thought what? I had no skills at all. I had no clue that I would be anywhere close to like a good student, let alone special in some way. Mm. Him taking that two minutes to pull me out of the hallway and give me, like it changed the entire course of my oh. life. Like all of a sudden I saw myself differently. I started applying myself. I realized that I really liked reading and writing. Literature kind of spoke to me. I had just never had a decent education prior to that where I had teachers that presented it in a way that that resonated with me. So yeah, years later, I worked myself through college and ended up graduating summa cum laude. And the career I have today is in, in large part due to just two guys who took time out of their day to try wow. and talk to a 19-year-old kid about what the fuck he was doing with this life. So. Wow. One with a stop sign and a warning sign, like, do not go here. And mm -hmm. one saying, I see a path forward for you. Exactly. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Jimmy Rose, Tim Burt, shout out. I Shout love out. that so much. Oh, that's incredible. So yeah. you don't have to be a, a fixture of somebody's life to be a mentor. You just got to take a little time and effort to try and help when you can. Mm -hmm. That should be on a t-shirt. <laughs> it's a long, mm -hmm. little You don't have to be a fixture to be a mentor. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like that. Just take the time. Yeah, no. And, to, you know, Corey, you were saying earlier how you feel this need to pay it forward. I also would guess and tell me if I'm wrong and I know I feel this way I enjoy this like I enjoy working with people who are younger or who are less more junior right who you know are still trying to figure out life or trying to figure out relationships or thinking about motherhood one day or all of those different phases that I've that I can connect to in some way from life experience um, it's a joy to connect with people that way and yeah, for sure. I, don't, I wouldn't always yeah. say impart some wisdom because sometimes I don't have it to give, but just to be there for them um, is really wonderful. Yeah. And I feel like mentorship has um, evolved in kind of how people understand it, that it doesn't traditionally it always felt like somebody who was older than you, like older people were mentoring younger people. But now I think those mentor relationships come in so many different forms, right? They come in the forms of friendships. You can mentor your peers. You have peer mentors, older mentors. Younger people are mentoring you. Um, uh, Pam was saying that she had given some presentation and she had listed me as one of her mentors. And um, because as long as you're interested in learning and growing, you can find those opportunities anywhere, you know? What did you make, buddy? What did you make? Show us. Is that Godzilla? No. Guess again. Whoa, that is whoa. You see how I can see Godzilla? I yes. No, that is not Godzilla. Who is it? G tell Who me. Who is it? Um Badasaur. Badasaur? No, Badasarder. Badasarder? Bad no Badasarder. Badasarder. Bad did you just make that up? Yes. Yes, <laughs> he just made that up. <laughs> Badasarder. Okay. Badasarder. That That's how you spell it. Yeah. <laughs> Get it right, y'all. That's love, how you spell it. I love. Um, I have a little video from years ago of we read a book series I've read with the girls what? called Mercy Watson. That was the main character, and one of the kids said it really fast. Mercy Watson. Mercy Watson. And I, I'm like, what did you say? Mercy Watson. And I said, tell me how to say it. She goes, say it with me now. Mussity? And then she got all confused. Mussy Watson. I have a clip of it on my phone, my voice note still. It is darling. So Battle Sar might be in your list. Uh, my sister's mother-in-law, her grandbaby's 
there's like a whole set of them that call her Uppa. And it came from Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, up above the world so far. And they oh. hung on to that Uppa, up above, up above, oh. Uppa, Uppa. And so they call her Uppa. That's so That's, cute. that's her name. Mm-hmm. That's a great that's example of like, yeah, you can think your kids are going to call you grandma or Mimi or Gigi. Right. Right. Uppa. That's really sweet. Mm-hmm. I call her Uppa too. <laughs> <laughs> Up a bubba. We say up a bubba. We're all so high. Up a bubba. Up a bubba. Mm-hmm. Well, thank y'all for sharing. All right, friends. It's been real. Thank you for sharing. You need to go play Battlestar with somebody. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Say thanks for sharing, everybody. I don't want to. You don't want to? Okay. You don't want to. No, we won't make you. Um, Keith, I'm thankful those two people inter- interjected in your path. Literally, because that's why we know and you. And Elaine, mm-hmm. thank you for introducing me to Corey. Yeah, all of my, all my ladies, too. Yeah. And I want to thank you both. You both have had a, a really positive, beneficial impact on my life in mm. uh, the short time that we've known each other. So Look what I made. Thank you both. That's really You're welcome. Sweet. It's mutual. Because we're dope as fuck, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> we make each other better. I mean, we do. That's the kind of friendship I want. Okay, Battlestar needs you. Battlestar needs you. Okay, can you, can you, oh. <laughs> can you zip it? Can you mute fast? You want to take us home? Or... Take it home, dope as fuck friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you. That daff. That's it. We should have t-shirts. D a d a f f. I like dope that. Dope as fuck friends. Yes. Daff. Yes. Right up. Right up mm-hmm. there with BFF. P p p daff. <laughs> <laughs> we need to work on our acronyms. They're rough. They're rough. Why the peace? Why the peace? Um. <laughs> Love you all. Thank you for being my D-A-F-B-A-B-F-Fs, plural. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening to Pushing Past Polite. Find someone who uh, you can open doors for to follow after you, make it easier for them. And tell your people who've been influential. Shout out thanks your Jimmy. people. Shout them out. Shout out. What was the other one? Tim Burke. Shout out your Jimmy's. Shout out your Tim's, your Linda's, your Elaine's. Shout out your Elaine's, your Linda's. Your Beverly's. Yeah. All of them. Tell them you mm-hmm. love them. All of them. Make their day. Thanks so much. Till next time. I'm Laura. I'm Corey. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Pushing Past Polite. We encourage you to go deeper in your trusted spaces and find new space for good conversation. You'll find episodes, transcripts, and lots of other goodies at our website, pushingpastpolitepodcast.com. You can also connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Pushing Past Polite. Pushing Past Polite is an independent podcast with Corey and Laura from Just Educators. Our cover art was designed by Rachel Welsh Ega of Ega Designs, and our audio is produced by Keith at Headset Media. Until next time, don't get stuck talking about the weather. Push Past Polite. See you next time. Bye-bye. Jay, you did perfect.